0: Looking to sound like you know what's going on in the world? Pop culture, social strategy, comedy, and other funny stuff? Well, join the club and settle in for the Jeff Dwoskin Show. It's not the podcast we deserve, but the podcast we all need with your host, Jeff Dwoskin.
1: All right, Robert. Thank you so much for that amazing introduction. You get this show going each and every week. And this week, no exception, my friend. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 49 of Live from Detroit, The Jeff Duoskin Show. As always, I am your host, Jeff Duoskin. Welcome back. We have a great show for you today. Comedian, actor, producer, Jay Chris Newberg is with us. I've known J. Chris my entire comedy career, so it was exciting to finally catch up with him and chat about all the great things he's been up to. And that's coming up in just a few minutes. In the meantime, time to get excited for episode 50. Can you believe it? Next week is episode 50. We've done this 50 times almost. It's a huge milestone. Make sure you follow me at Jeff Dewaskin Show on Twitter and Big Macher, my personal account. Links are in the show notes, of course. We're gonna do a cool promotion. I made some live from Detroit, the Jeff Dewaskin Show mugs. We're gonna give away mugs. I know. Crazy. Sweet merch. Follow me. And get ready to win some sweet merch. And I've got an amazing guest lined up for episode 50. You're going to love it. I'm not going to tell you right now. It's a secret. And I'm going to reveal it throughout the week and closer to the launch of the episode. So thank you all for sticking with me for all these episodes. Get excited for J. Chris Newberg coming up in a little bit. Had a huge response to last week's episode with Ted Neely jesus christ from 1973's jesus christ superstar fabulous interview check that one out if you haven't heard it already it's a great great episode and you may be asking yourself jeff in episode 48 you interviewed ted neely who plays jesus christ and now you're interviewing j chris newberg do you only now interview people who are associated with the initials jc the answer is no pure coincidence. We're on a JC run, but that JC run ends with episode 49. So enjoy the ride while you're on it. However, you know, now that I kind of think about it, niching down wouldn't be the worst thing just to focus on people that have the initials JC. You got John Cena, Jimmy Carr, James Caan, Jim Carrey, Jackie Chan, John Cusack, Jiminy Cricket. Can you imagine if I got Jiminy Cricket on the show? That'd be amazing. My numbers would go through the roof. When you wish upon a star. Tell me, Jiminy, what was the thinking behind that song? Oh, it'd be so cool. Anyway, I can picture it. Live from Detroit, it's the Jeff Dawoskin Show. Today is JC, J. Chris Newberg. That's right, J. Chris Newberg, ladies and gentlemen. Ah! I think it could work. I think it could work. Oh, uh, I was just handed a letter from my producers. Dear Jeff, it will not work. All right, well, I guess uh, that idea is out the window. You guys can look forward to interviews in the future with any random person. Initials be damned. All right, back to the show. Well, here, at your calendars every Wednesday, 9.30 p.m., crossing the streams. That's my live show. We talk about awesome TV shows and movies that you should be streaming that only appear on the streaming services. Last week, we talked about episodes with Matt LeBlanc, The Winter Soldier, Last Chance You, The Sinner. Check that out on YouTube at The Jeff Dawoskin Show on YouTube or follow on Facebook, facebook.com slash Jeff is funny. It's a great show. Huge show. People love it. People love it? You know what I love? I love going on other people's shows. So let me, uh, if you want to see me around, kind of just talking stuff. I was on the commercial break. Great podcast with Ryan and Chrissy. And we talked about dealing with trolls. I did a social media segment on there, how to deal with trolls. So check that out. A humorous time was had by all. I was also on Carpool Shenanigans recently. That's live. Check them out. We talked about conspiracies. I went down a rabbit hole of did we or did we not actually land on the moon? Quite quite interesting stuff out there about whether the moon landing happened or not. You decide for yourself after listening to that. And I was also on the Funny Science Fiction Show. I actually won a mug and a book, so that was pretty cool. Thanks to all those great podcasts for having me on as a guest. Check them out. Support those shows when you get a chance. And then by that, I mean listen to all my shows, and then support their <laughs> or whatever. You know, it's up to you. It's up to you. Speaking of which, I do want to thank everyone who likes and subscribes and follows. It's totally free, remember, to follow the podcast on your favorite podcast app, whether that be CastBox, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible. We're everywhere. Check it out. Also, go to jeffisfunny.com, sign up for the mailing list. I send a mailing list out every week. That'll also have some information on the upcoming content i talked about later who doesn't want some sweet merch that's one way to find out and be at the top of the list of people who can enter that's what we all want right to feel special all right so do that thank you very much and now it's time for the social media tip real easy one this week quick and easy grab a pen and paper all right go to your facebook's your twitter's your instagram's all of them if they have two-factor authentication turn it on That's right. Set it to text or there's sometimes some other options. Whatever it is, set it up. I've been reading too much about people getting hacked and losing their accounts. This will add an extra level of security. Do it. And that's the social media tip. I do want to thank everyone that supports the sponsors week after week. It means the world to me. It really does. The fact that you go out of your way to support the people that support Live from Detroit, the Jeff Duwaskin Show, it means the world to me. It really does. This week's sponsor is staplers. That's right, staplers. Have you ever been staring at multiple sheets of paper and had no idea how you were going to fasten them together? Sounds like you need a stapler! With a manual or electric stapler, you'll be ready to present that presentation to your boss in style. Stop trying to shove metal into your paper and manually bend it. You're gonna hurt yourself! Staplers are made to do all the heavy lifting for you. That's right. Whether it be a desktop, handheld, heavy-duty, or travel stapler so many to choose from. We've got the stapler for you. You'll look amazing when you present to your boss. Do you know that 72% of all people that present papers to their boss not properly fastened with the stapler lose their job within 7 to 10 hours? That's right, 7 to 10 hours. That's insane. And all you had to do was use a stapler. That's right, so grab the pieces of paper, staple them together, and be confident that you've fastened them in style. Anywhere you work, staplers are there for you. Now in red, yellow, and turquoise green. Look, I used to just do the little bendy thing in the corner, and when I got a stapler, it changed my life. Changed my life. So definitely check out staplers. Available wherever staples are sold. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited now to share with you the conversation I had with my old pal... J. Chris Newberg. Here you go. All right, I'm excited to introduce you to my next guest. He's a comedian. He's a writer. He's a producer. You've seen him on the Tonight Show, Jimmy Kimmel, the Arsenio Hall Show. He's everywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, my good friend Jay Chris Newberg. What's up, Jeff? How are you, brother? Jay Chris, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to have you. We've known each other forever.
0: Been a long time, man. When you mentioned earlier today, you were talking about Star Search, and you were talking about Last Comic Standing Four didn't we get pulled over on the way to like on 14 mile or or, like Southfield Road on the like early in the morning trying to catch the flight?
1: Talking about uh, Last Comic Standing? You missed the flight.
0: I missed the flight. Yeah, I did. But we, I got there somehow because I made it through.
1: Yeah. Thanks for rubbing that in my face. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that was the only time I ever walked on a plane where I literally walked as they were closing the door. I'm horrible at airports. I usually get there way early. Sure. I was running late. And then you missed the flight. And where I was panicked, this was before phones for anyone who's listening.
0: (laughs) This was a while ago.
1: Maybe your rich friends had a phone, but like not normal people didn't have cell phones like they do now. Mark Ridley had, I think, a connection where we were going to be able to just walk in. And I remember you didn't make it. So I didn't know who the connection was. So I'm just waiting in line. Mm -hmm. And I'm waiting in line with this guy, Alan Ball. Do you know who Alan Ball is?
0: By name, maybe by face probably
1: alan ball is i guess in florida it was a big deal like you know like if you would be like you would be a big deal in michigan he was a big deal in florida so this is his hometown we're in florida this is was it tampa i can't remember what city was but it was like the last
0: Ebor city
1: yeah and it was the last one it was the very last one so i'm standing in line with him for hours until you showed up right and then and like this guy alan ball is twice my he's a big guy but big like in stature. I don't mean like heavy. heavy. Like a big dude big, like dude. big dude. And so I remember when you got there and you pulled me out. I remember the look he gave me was a look like where he wanted to kill me. Because I'm just a nothing. I'm like a nobody. And he's like the local headliner guy. And he can't get into the last Comic Andy And here I am just about to leave the line. Because my buddy J. Chris Newberg showed up. <laughs> and we're going to walk right in. We're going to okay. walk right in. The look he gave me, I remember thinking, I am so glad that I will never see this person again. (laughs) Except two years later, Mitzlito Connections, Mm -hmm. headliner, Alan Ball. Mm. He he looks at me. He he goes, nice to meet you. I go, nice to meet you too. And I just walked away. (laughs) He's like, you look familiar.
0: I'm like, do I? No. (laughs) Coincidence.
1: (laughs) That was a fun time because you made it through to that night. You made it through to mm-hmm. the next level. Right. And I remember I was telling somebody about the just the document you had to fill out.
0: <laughs> that whole experience, I remember I did it two times and once was in Arizona. And I think Arizona, I made it, made it. But then I tried to go back the next year and Ant was one of the judges. And I guess Ant heard what I thought of him as a comic out loud before. So like the two judges outside of Ant were like, he's the best. I let him go through. And Aunt was like, no, I'm using my block to stop him. And I was just like, OK, whatever. But that was funny. I mean, like that was, I think, two years after that. But that whole experience, that whole last comic standing experience was so strange because I was like the one in Arizona when I finally moved out here. It was like my roommate was Theo Vaughn and my suite mate was Gabrielle Iglesias. And Gabriel ended up leaving because he was like, he got some theater gig. And he's like, I'm not passing up $200,000 to do this stupid fucking show. And I was like, good, go. Because I was like, I can't beat this guy. He's he's the chubby dude who laughs and dances and giggles. You can't beat that guy. You know, Theo obviously went on to have success. But so many people from that class of last comic like, went on to be just very successful. Like Doug Benson and, and Tig Notaro and Nikki Glaser and Dan Levy. Like tons of people went on to be huge and none of them made it past whatever because that was a horrible thing i remember they shot it at the alex theater sorry to go on a tangent i'm just remembering this they shot it at the alex theater in burbank and there was 40 comedians left i went up 39th and 39th and they had the same audience they didn't replace the audience 39th and if you're watching that's where i came up with the phrase the only comedy is the only form of entertainment where if you watch enough of it you become angry And literally, it was like, at that point, you can't be like, so how's everybody doing? We're like, fuck you. We're making $10 a city here. We want to go home. So have you guys heard about? Yes, it's been covered. And then, of course, the person who goes 40th, he's like, I'm last. So that rejuvenates everybody. That's 39th. And I remember afterwards, Gary Marshall came up and he goes, you're really funny. You got fucked. And I was like, thanks, Gary Marshall. (laughs) It's just such a weird conversation.
1: That is funny. Okay, so you have Ant against you, and then on America's Got Talent, Pierce Morgan.
0: <laughs> Pierce, that was so funny. That whole thing, I didn't have any idea. I was like, at the time, I was reading, or I, li- I was reading some self help book, and it was like, study the people who you want to be successful as. I don't know if it was Tony Robbins or if it was like one of those like The Art of whatever. And I was like, oh, cool. So I did a bunch of research on Sharon, a bunch of research on Howie, and a bunch of research on Pierce. I was impressed with the dude. I thought he was cool. But I had no idea that my role immediately was the villain. So I stood no chance. So I like I went in there and I was all happy. I was like, yeah. And he was like, you're terrible. I'm like, cool. And they kept hammering me. And I was like, I still didn't get it. My producer didn't tell me I was playing the bad boy role that season. So then I was just so over it. And and that's when... Nick Cannon shoves a mic in my face. He goes, "Pierce Morgan doesn't think you're funny." I was like, "Pierce Morgan can suck it." I'm like, "They're never gonna air that." They fucking aired it, and I was just like, "And then, of course, you lose likability from everybody who doesn't know you immediately." And that was just fun. But you know what? It worked out. I mean, I bested that guy at the end, and he sent me a very nice tweet, and he's like, "You got me. You won. Good work." So it all worked out. It's all TV.
1: So okay, so so Pierce, Pierce, it's Pierce, mm-hmm. Pierce Morgan. Pierce when you finally came back. Mm -hmm. after he buzzed you and Howie and Sharon loved you. And I remember watching this. I remember watching all this. Then you came back and you roasted Piers Morgan. It's like your quarterfinal thing, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that was great. I love that. Thanks. That was so fun.
0: I was like, I'm going to lose, so I might as well go out swinging.
1: You got to know Howie Mandel pretty well after that, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I know his wife much better. His wife ended up being my agent for a while. She's super great. And Howie's, you know, Howie's Howie. I don't, I can't say that I'm close with him or not close with him. We tried to work together on something and that didn't really have any direction. And the project kind of went away. And he's not like the young, hungry television producer anymore he's the guy who's got one of the greatest jobs on earth he makes millions of dollars a year to go or right, thumbs up so he's in his drive to help out other comics you get it it's not it's he doesn't need to
1: i get that yeah in his heyday and then he got uh deal or no deal back i think cnn or something <laughs>
0: He works really hard. He's got an enormous, he's got several enormous houses. I couldn't say enough nice things about him. You know, it's like the kind of thing where, like, if you're a young musician and you're in Michigan and you meet Bob Seeger, you're like, hopefully he takes me on the road. Hopefully we become friends. And Bob's like, good luck. I don't want to do that again. I used to play seven sets a night in Chicago. No thanks. Good luck. So it's no different.
1: Yeah, that was me meeting every famous comedian. <laughs>
0: Do you remember? Like, it was arguably one of the best moments in my entertainment history, and I believe you were there. Robert Klein, Meadowbrook, Ben Constantine, and like five other dudes. Do you remember? where you were backstage for that?
1: I don't think I was backstage, but I think I think I remember that.
0: Okay, first off, Ben destroyed. It was lit, like next level. It was like I've never seen anyone kill so hard. He was amazing. It was like it was like everything, and you and you knew him very well. It was everything he ever tried to pull off in the club, he pulled off on stage in front of everyone. He was amazing. He was like Michael Jordan of comedy that night. So Robert Klein pulls up in his limo. He opens it. And I mean, either liquor bottles or beer cans spill out of the limo. He's not sober. He's got a cigar. He's maybe holding a brandy. He comes backstage and he goes, I remember it clear as day. And everyone's just like, oh, my God, this is Robert Klein. He's going to talk. He's going to say something cool. And he goes, which one of you guys won? And Ben was like, I did. He goes, congratulations. Doesn't mean shit. And then he went on this contest rant that was so hilarious. He was very warm and receptive. But he was just like, ah, contests are fucking stupid. This is what comedy's about. And he was like old drunk guy mansplaining. Everybody loved it, including Ben. We all were just like, whoa, that was great. But I'll never forget it. Who won? Instead of congratulations, buddy, doesn't mean shit. <laughs> it was so great. I was like, wow, because he was honest.
1: It's funny. Ben was the best, no question. Ben, uh, you introduced me to Ben. I, I know Ben because of you. For those listening, Ben Constantine. He was a great guy. We lost him to pancreatic cancer. Uh, it could have been like five years ago. Already. Time just goes cruelly goes by mm-hmm. too fast, too fast. But definitely one of the funniest. No question. I actually just posted a picture of me and him in New York. We had met up in New York, and Dwayne Gill was there, and he was uh, he was really on his way before the, the fucking cancer uh, showed yep. up.
0: But uh, talented dude to this day.
1: To this day. Cheers to him. Let's Absolutely. pour one out. Let's pour one out. So, well, what do you get recognized from? One of, one of the funniest things that ever happened to me was involving you. Is I'm in uh, Birmingham, Michigan, at one of these art fairs. And all of a sudden from behind this girl taps me on the shoulder and says, Are you J. Chris Newberg? And I turn around, I'm like, What? And then you're standing behind her. I mean, you would send her to do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds something horrible <laughs> like I would do.
1: It was just so funny. But like you've been in so much. Like I wanna hear about your experience on the tonight show and all that stuff. But like when people see you, like what do they what do they most remember you from? Because America's got talent probably it was the biggest audience, right? I mean, numbers wise.
0: Yeah, that was overwhelming. That show, it's just, it teaches so many people that they have access to you, and they have access to you in droves, because, like, I'm pretty sure I could send Jeff Dwoskin on Facebook a a Facebook message with zero difficulty. I would match the face with the TV and send it. Now, when you get, like, 15,000 of those, it's just like, holy fuck, and it's overwhelming, and um, people just think that, I mean, reality television has taught people that they have the confidence to tell you what they think and it matters, and they give you the opportunity to just be both unnecessarily positive or overwhelmingly cruel. I mean, and it's, you're just like, I've been doing this for 20 plus years, and this is my chance to tell jokes for two minutes on TV, and you're going to tell me whether or whether or not I can have a career based on two minutes? Fuck off. And like, that's just me talking, I swear a lot still. It's great. You're like, you're the most famous person on earth for 12 seconds. And it's literally 12 seconds. Because 15, I think 17 million people were watching it that season. It was it was huge. And I, I, think that I, I don't think I ever got recognized more. I got recognized at the airport. I got recognized a couple of times on the road. And it's weird because I'm not really used to getting recognized. And when I do, I'm always pleased and I laugh. But whenever I see someone go, my first thought is, oh shit, am I about to get into a fight? Like, it's not like they recognize me. Like, that's never going to be my first thing it's because i mean it's like even in being recognized it's always like the anonymous you're the guy with the guitar it's never my name which is fine but i did get recognized last week actually i'll tell you my two most funny times being recognized they're they're hilarious so one was i was on a date with mayim bialik bialik how do you pronounce blossom's name Uh, that sounds about right so a friend of mine sets me up with her and really sweet lady uh, we went out twice. We had nothing in common. Really, really great lady. Not a bad thing to say about her. So smart. To get the chance to go on a date with her, it was probably four four phone calls. She's like, look, and this was when whatever that show she was on on CBS was gigantic. So she was like, I just really don't like to be recognized. It's a big deal for me. She's like... People get worked up. I don't know what to do with it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. She's like, I want to go someplace where no one's going to recognize me. I'm like, you got it. I'm like, how about, and she lived in the valley at the time. So I picked this bar off Ventura called like Bo's or something. I don't know what it was called, but it's, I know exactly where it is. And they make pizza. They're a great pizza place. It's a pizza place. It's dark. And there's this, like when you walk in, there's like big screen TVs everywhere. It's a sports bar. And there's like this deep, dark booth that no one would ever be able to notice you. Unless they specifically came there to notice you, so I make this big deal to get the booth, and it's, so she's not bothered, and I have her kind of like trapped in, so no one can get to her, and I'm protective because I get celebrities don't want to be talked to. Totally makes sense. So the second we sit down, the ta- some guy comes up to the table and he goes, "Because I'm so sorry, I don't mean to, I don't mean to interrupt you guys." And she immediately goes, she does this immediately, and he goes, "Because are you are you J. Chris Newberg?" And I was just like, i I'm I'm from Michigan." I'm such a fan. You're so great. Blah 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 blah. (laughs) And at that point, I think she felt like such an a-hole that like we didn't really have anything to connect to much about after that. And then I remember meeting up with her one other time at the Improv, and she drove me to my car and said, "Do you want to see where I used to live?" She drove me by some house near the Improv. I was like, "Uh "Uh-huh." And that was it. But that was hysterical to me that she made such a big deal out of it.
1: That is so funny, you
0: know. And that's a one in a million thing because she's so famous. She's on her third sitcom now. She's got a new one coming out.
1: So you you dated her during the Big Bang Theory years?
0: I wouldn't say.
1: I would never use words
0: like date. I would say you went two
1: out onto you went out had short meals dates. with her. You broke bread short. with her during yeah, the Big Bang. Okay, yeah, got it. Okay, that's cool. That's nice cool. girl,
0: good mother, very smart, way smarter than me. I mean, one of those people where she starts talking about science and stuff, and you're just like okay.
1: She's very Jewish. She probably thought you were Jewish, Newberg. She's super Jewish.
0: She's like one of the most Jewish.
1: Yeah, she's very, she's like, oh, Newberg. Oh, nice Jewish boy.
0: Yeah, but that's dispelled anytime you hear my first name. There's very few Jews named Chris.
1: Very few, very few.
0: Very few. And if they are, they're vengeance named because the mom was like, oh, yeah, I'll show you. So that was the first time. And then I was standing next to Ken Jennings two weeks ago, standing next to him and Raj, the guy who was our stand-in chaser. Comes up and he goes, Chris Newberg? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, You were on confetti. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, I played that show all the time. So funny. I'm like, cool. You want to talk to this guy? He's like, just want to say hello. And it was like <laughs> then Ken busted my balls for like two days. That's
1: so funny. He's
0: like, oh I get it. My name's on the door. No one knows me. <laughs>
1: Uh, so Ken Jennings, this is your new project you just wrapped.
0: I wrapped, so I think, and I think he's going over to Jeopardy, and I think he's going to end up hosting it. So I think I I'll have the one season of The Chase that he ends up doing because I think there's no way he's going to do any. I mean, like Jeopardy's a dream job. It's like Price is Right.
1: Yeah, I think they've they've announced him as the interim host. I I, I thought I read they were going to. Um cycle through folks but i always thought he was the heir apparent you know he's, what I mean? like, he's
0: such a fan favorite
1: yeah he's good so t- what is the chase about the show that you just wrapped so we can look i think forward.
0: it's gonna be pretty successful because game shows seem to be pretty popular right now the show was originally an england show and then it went to australia and then it was on game show network and basically what it is nine episode season three contestants who are strangers work together as it second work together as a team first work individually first contestant comes up they have 60 seconds to answer as many questions as they can pop culture. Easy, hard, whatever. They get $25,000 for every answer correctly. These are questions for like, what was Beyonce's f- first band called? And like, what's the square root of something fucking hard? And like, you know, you usually get between seventy five dollars and $200,000. Now to bank this money, you have to then go to round two which is you do a multiple choice head-to-head question thing with the chaser. And the chaser starts off, they'll say, well, you know, you just earned $125,000. If you want to play for that amount, I'm going to be two steps behind you. If you want to play for a lower amount, you'll be four steps in front of me. And if you want to play a really high amount, I'll be right behind you. You got to beat the chaser to the bottom by answering five correct questions. And if you do that, you bank that money. So then all three of the people do the same thing and whatever the total amount is, then the three of you team up in a two minute round to answer as many trivia questions as you possibly can. And then the chaser gets to do the same thing. And if they catch you, you get none of the money. If they don't, you get all the money.
1: Is that going to be on the Game Show Network?
0: No, it's going to be on ABC.
1: Oh, on ABC? I think it'll be a big show. And then Ken Jennings is like the host? No, the host is Sarah Haynes from The View. You've produced a lot of... Shows. Oh, you, I didn't know this. I was looking at your IMDb. You were on Beach Shazam.
0: Is that? I uh I wrote jokes for Jamie Fox last season. So all of the intros, I did all those. Cool.
1: And you just you couldn't get the weakest weakest link joke for Jane Lynch. <laughs> the weakest yeah. the weakest did, link job with Jane Lynch. <laughs> I,
0: I would work for her in a second. Um, I mean, like, you know, game shows are you know kind of really popular right now and. I think that that's probably a Fremantle show, and I would imagine that she's so successful that she probably brings her own person.
1: Yeah, no, no, she, I was just kidding because like I she know. does all those like jokes, you know, in the beginning. You know, like, I mean, I guess that's why they're bringing back Match Game, or they brought back Match Game, and and all those old style ones, and to tell the truth, I love to tell the truth. That's, mm-hmm. a,
0: that's a my one. friends just they're shooting a new season of it right now. To tell like, the right truth, right
1: now, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good mm-hmm. one. Got- <laughs> Is that with Alec Baldwin? Uh, match Games, Alec Baldwin, and then to tell the truth is with I I don't know his name, but he's the star of Blackish. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and Anthony. his mom is like the I guess the co-host or like she's okay. off to the side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They got a whole shtick together. Alright, so that's cool. So you you got to, you wrote jokes for Jamie Foxx.
0: <laughs> it was strange because I never met him. Really? Never met him. Not not for a second. He is easily the most talented human being I've ever met in my entire life. I would write the jokes and he would read them perfectly and he would read them blind like he would just be he'd see him on the prompter he wouldn't even say scroll for a minute he'd just be like go fucking hit him and it was just he's the most talented person i've ever worked with and i wish i could have met him but for some reason i just did not meet him but i met all six of his writers who you know worked really hard and they always travel with him but i did all they they wrote their own thing i
1: wrote the intros that's so cool okay let's let's talk about the tonight show okay you had a killer set on the tonight show Thank you. It wasn't the first time you showed up <laughs> to the tonight show. It wasn't the first time you, your name was on the door and you were supposed to go on. No, it was my third or fourth. Yeah, like I think, you know, I remember if what was it like two two times or something where you went at least beforehand and it didn't happen and then or you know, just
0: one time was for Def Leppard's guitar player was supposed to be sick with food poisoning, but he ended up rallying. And the next time was Bobby Brown, just in case he got too fucked up and didn't do it. Both
1: times they were like, It's Tonight Show, I'm doing it. And I was like, Urgh. So you're backstage just kinda of waiting, praying. And but the third time was a charm for you, right?
0: Third time worked. I mean, I was I'm one of the very few comics who debuted on the Tonight Show as the second guest. So and that was interesting because I got the call the morning of because they the whoever won the voice was some teenage girl who they didn't think was very good at speaking. So they didn't want to give her an interview section. So it was like they had the guy from Meet the Press on and then I went second. And like I wasn't even planning on doing it that day. I literally didn't wake up with thinking. And I was like when I got the call, I was like, are they going to bump me again? Who am I? What am I doing? I was like irritated by it because I didn't want to go there again because you get so so excited for it. Like you're mic'd up. You're ready to go. And next time you're like, oh, so like so close. Yeah, so close. And it worked out and it worked out very well. And I had a great time and I wouldn't have changed a thing. It was definitely just
1: something I didn't plan on. What happened to you after the Tonight Show? Did it what, what doors did it open? Did it was it everything you had hoped it would be? And then, or was it? Just, I mean, beyond just being an amazing experience doing it.
0: You know, I don't really think anything opens doors. I think everything opens doors, whether it's big or small. It's like you never know who you're going to meet and what situation. It's like gone are the days of you know. Obviously, people talk about oh, I did the Tonight Show, and uh, you know, and then I got a sitcom, and then it was huge. Obviously, th- those are long gone, and and that's not a thing, but. It's like you meet people when they're working at these different jobs that eventually you may work with again, or maybe they'll remember you for whatever reason and you remember them. I don't really think it opened, I guess so. I mean, it didn't, there wasn't one specific shining moment that made me go, I've made it. It wasn't until like a year ago or two ago when I was just like, I think I looked at my IMDb and I was like, I've worked a lot. I've done a lot of cool stuff. I'm pretty happy with that. You know, I've been in three movies and like, You know, they're on Netflix, so it's like, I'm happy. I can prove that I was. I still get to write jokes for people. I still get to work in television. I miss stand-up like crazy. It's just, it's horrifying for me to not be around, but I get it.
1: Have you done any Zoom shows or anything like that?
0: I did one Zoom show, and I got banned because I made a... I didn't know there was kids on the show. I didn't know there was going to be fucking kids. And, like, I did a joke that was absolutely inappropriate i'd known there was gonna be kids on the show but i didn't know there was kids on the show after that i was just like i'm not doing comedy in front of somebody's kid lying on the floor in the background it's not what i sorry someone else can
1: to pull in another story about our old friend ben ben calls me one day and he's like jeff i got a graduation party we're gonna do together. I'm like, okay, that's cool. So we go to the graduation party, and it was a high school graduate. I thought it was a college graduation. <laughs> it was a high school graduation, and it's like got like a little mister microphone set up there. There's kids running around. I'm like, guys, I only have one set, and it's it talks about hand jobs and blow jobs. I go, what do you want me to do? And they're like, like, you do it, Jeff. No, you do anything. I go, I do you. You do you, and like I go, I can't do me in front of kids. It's just it's not in me. I'm like. Mm-hmm. Like Ben, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's um yeah, that's that's happened a couple times where like you're doing this party and it turned out to be a Hanukkah party and there were kids there and it's like
0: oh, it's just no. not fair. It's not fair to anyone involved. The kids especially. It's like you don't want to scar that kid forever and you sure as fuck don't want to do jokes in front of like in front of a kid because you're a responsible adult. That is true. That happened to me in Australia. I did a military tour and it was for the Norforce base in Alice Springs, Australia. And I got there and it was all kids and I was like, You flew me here for this? And I just tanked it. I think I played like catchy kid songs or something. But I was just like, this is
1: miserable. To go back in time a little bit, when I first started doing comedy, so just as I can paint the picture for the Michigan scene, little Jeff DeWoskins doing open mics, the big deal on the scene is J. Chris Newberg. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but go on. No, no, in my... my, I mean, to me, to me, Jeff Dwoskin, and we met at your cd release party where i think uh, like martin butler that's why i first saw martin butler and oh, yeah, and so i think J- i think ben performed at that show as well you were just the guy you were the guy <laughs> i remember like i need to get to know this guy i need to get to know Jay chris uh, you were always really good to me you always you know brought me on gigs and you're always super cool and you're always very supportive and i always appreciated that so i, d- I did want to take time to say that to you my pleasure your early comedy was a lot of music I mean, not that you always use your guitar, but in the beginning, like I remember the early ones, it was a lot of very, very funny songs because you came from a band, mm-hmm. the Voodoo Hippies. Right. Spell it however you want. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Callback.
1: <laughs> Tell me, because I don't really know that much about the Voodoo Hippies other than you were in it. When we met, that was something in the past, but I know it's sort of framed and sort of is a sort of a basis of what you built being funny in front of people on and then kind of took it in your own direction.
0: I was fortunate enough to be in a band with five of my friends and we had no idea what we were doing and we managed to keep throwing things against the wall and every once in a while something would stick and we did things right and we got to do a lot of really cool things and I'm just kind of like it was literally the summer of 69 like it was literally a Jimmy quit Joey got married thing and that's pretty much the whole song and then I just kept going
1: you just kept going. Do you ever miss being in a band and just singing? No. Uh-uh.
0: No. I mean, on stage once in a while it'd be fun. I get to do that though when I'm doing music, when I'm doing comedy. I'd like a the last twenty minutes are always music anyway.
1: Right. That's true.
0: But like I don't I don't miss getting off stage and having my ears ring from the kick drum and the sidewash and having to drive two hours with amps in a van. I don't miss any of that.
1: None. A little more set up when you're doing a band than when you're doing the stand-up would just uh, show up and where's the mic. Yep. So you were you were also on Jimmy Kimmel, and you were also on the Arsenio Hall show. Mm-hmm. You squeaked onto that one before it went off the air, right?
0: Yeah, I was pretty happy about it.
1: So how were those experiences different than The Tonight Show?
0: Kimmel was weird because no one knew Kimmel was on the air when I went on. I think I was like the first 20 or 30 guests uh, I didn't know what I was doing, and they made me do a set that I didn't want to do, so I'm very, very appreciative that that set is nowhere to be found. I'm super happy about it. I didn't tank. I just did okay. Arsenio, I remember I had an awkward dismount, but it was still a really fun... It was a fun set. I was really, really sick on the Arsenio Hall. Like, I literally went to the hospital for like five weeks, Like two days later. I like had heart failure or something. I mean, it's all better now, and it's all past, but... I remember at the time, like, I remember I was stuck in an airport in Indianapolis for three days because of an ice storm. And then I finally was able to get a plane to, like, Kansas, Kansas to, like, Nevada, Nevada to LAX. And I got picked up at the airport by the driver because it shot over at KTLA. And I remember getting ready in the back, uh, like, and I I couldn't get over because I hadn't looked at myself in the mirror for three days. I was sleeping on the floor of an airport. And I was, like, so fat. But I wasn't fat, like, fat. It was just, like, I had a belly full of water. It was just, in like, my ankles were fat guy ankles. And I was like, fuck, I need to go to the gym. I never even thought I'm sick. I never even put that together. So I remember just, like, I remember timing my jokes so no one could hear me gasping for air. That's It was actually kind of fun to watch because I, was, I had the wherewithal to just be like, I'm not letting anyone see me suffer. They're going to laugh because I'm funny, not because I'm like but I literally, I was like leaning on the mic and it was like, I couldn't breathe. He was super cool. The experience was really great. And then I got sick and then I got out, I got better. But yeah, they were all really, I mean, if you think about it, it's just like when you, when you start comedy, like if someone tells you you're going to do Kimmel, you're going to do The Tonight Show, you're going to do Arsenio, you're going to be on all of these television shows. You don't, you sure have that goal, but like, the likelihood for most comics is not that.
1: It's a goal for, I think, a lot of people. I mean, that, that's quite a resume. I, mean, I I know you worked so hard to do it. I know none of that was just handed to you, right? I mean, what well, was handed to you as you worked really hard and earned it. But I sure. mean, you you definitely, you know, you moved out there from Detroit. You, Your work ethic is, is incredible. Dang. And you write more jokes than anyone else out there.
0: <laughs> I do write a lot of jokes.
1: You like teaching people? I, I know you do, like, sessions with people where they... Learn learn jokes the Chris way.
0: I do kind of, yeah. I mean, I like teaching them in Michigan, like for the afternoon one day. But it's just like it's too. I don't know if I have the patience for it because it's like I expect people to excel quicker than they do. Some people do, and a lot of people don't. And like I really want people who take a comedy class to want to do comedy, and some of them are just taking it for fun. I think that's probably a fifty-year-old man approach. To whereas my patience for that are just not there. I don't like I don't have the patience of a teacher. I enjoy teaching for 3 hours if I'm there, but on a weekly basis I would I would snap. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you toured with Dane Cook, you've toured with Russell Peters you know, like all over the country, all over the world, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you have to do when you're in another country? I mean, I know people talk about the Midwest is different than the South. So what's the difference when, like, you're in a completely different country? And
0: It's pretty similar, except you can't at all talk about religion, like, in any way whatsoever. Like, you're fine with... It's like Because the majority of the people that Russell performs in front of are English-speaking. A lot of them are expats, ex-military. It's just, uh, it's easy. I just, like... I remember we did the very first leg of the—I've toured with him a bunch of times, but I went to India with him, and it was in that region. The very first show was in Sri Lanka, and I remember being briefed before the show by uh, two guys in machine guns and the promoter. And I don't think these guys in machine guns had any sense of humor whatsoever, but they were flanking him. I said, what can I not talk about? Because you can talk about anything at all, but don't talk about religion in any capacity. And of course, as a comic, your first thought is, well, I can do it. I I have a funny joke. It's whatever. I'm like, and I don't remember what the joke was. I know it wasn't funny. But I'm like, what if I, and he goes, well, we just ended a three month long civil war over religion. So odds are it's not to your advantage. And the people who are here with weapons are to protect you, but the crowd outnumbers you. And I was like, no jokes on religion. But then on top of it, Russell goes out, Jokes on religion, crushes, does whatever. Because he can, they all paid to see him. It's all comedy. I didn't do it, but it's you get a really warm response. It's it's, it's very strange. It's like, because in your head, you think, I remember we did, we performed at uh, the Dew Arena in Abu Dhabi, which is like a soccer stadium. And it was like, over to the right was the king and all royalty. And we were told not to look at or address them in any capacity, which to me, men, don't look at them or address them in any capacity. Not going to do it. And then, you know, you've got people with weapons and all these different things around and bomb sniffing dogs and different things that you're never used to. And You just got row after row after row of people who are just laughing and having fun. And even if they don't get your stuff, they laugh because they're having so much fun that they're outside and enjoying it. It was fun. I mean, to answer your question, it's definitely different, but it's definitely doable. And it's after the first show you get, you figure it out
1: i mean i did canada and they were great right so you get it <laughs> so i get it yeah. yeah you get it for sure done canada a few times quite a few times you know
0: so quite a uh, <laughs> few.
1: i was talking about zany and he was on the original gong show you were on the reboot
0: i was yeah gosh i remember that i remember i, I escaped god who was the, there was three judges there was andy dick steve sherpa or scrippa and brian Posehn were my judges and they were like, the second they got up to gong me, I was like, "Thank you, good night." So they couldn't gong me. Mattel <laughs> was the host. I got to meet him and know him. He was pretty friendly.
1: Dave Vital. Yeah, he's a funny dude.
0: He's one of the funniest. He's so funny. I had a very nice compliment from him one time. I was it was the first time I'd ever had a chance to perform with him. I said to him, "Is there any way that I can go in front of you? I'm really nervous. I'm such a huge fan of yours. If I if I go after you, I don't think I'll I'll, I'll be really self conscious. I just I really." I really would have a hard time following you. He goes, yeah, kid, go ahead. I don't care. I I went on stage and I performed. I walked off stage and he grabbed me and goes, don't you ever fucking do that to me again? He's like, that was amazing. And I was just like, okay, thanks. And he just like, then he afterwards he came with me in the bar and he's like, I couldn't fucking follow you. Don't ever try that shit with me again. And he was just so friendly. And I don't know if he meant at all but it gave me immediate confidence. That's
1: awesome, dude. That is awesome. David yeah. Tell is like one of those comedians who has like the level of fame, but always seems very approachable.
0: Yeah, he's super approachable.
1: I remember being in New York at the Comedy Cellar and he would always, I was just in the audience, but like he would do sets. He would be one of the people, every time I would be there, he was there and he would just hang out outside afterwards. And you could come up to him and meet him. I remember I saw yeah. him in Ann Arbor. I saw uh, Jesse Pop opened and then it was Mitch Hedberg tell you how long ago this mm-hmm. was uh wow. dave attell and lewis black it was a comedy central tour that was a great great a great show. show what's jesse pop up to these days he's still doing comedy i think so you know he wrote for conan great joke writer yeah jesse pop was was always i remember like the my favorite thing was when Mitch Hedberg came out after him and he's like jesse pop that's one droll motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> just it's like I'm like, Oh my god, if Mitch Heberger said something like that about me, I go I'd be like that'd be all I talk about forever. The greatest comedian. <laughs> love that mm-hmm. oh yeah so that had been a long time ago he's been gone a long time all right so what else you got going on you got anything oh oh wait there's one other big milestone i remember this is like a big deal this milestone okay. is when you Bye. were on premium blend and like i remember okay. being in royal i think it was royal oak one of the bars we had a viewing party you were my only yeah, viewing party avenue. i've ever been to where was it and fifth, Ave- fifth avenue fifth avenue yeah and like we were all up there upstairs and you were on the big screen like that yeah was, that was fun that was great that's what i mean but you were the big shot you you're the first, yeah. you're on TV or all this, you're
0: like, You're Jay Chris Newberg.
1: That's me. That's you.
0: Yeah, that was fun. That was a long time ago. I remember that. And then I remember yeah, it's weird watching yourself on TV. That's one of those things where like the first time that we had that viewing party, that was fantastic. And I remember when I watched the Tonight Show, I didn't wanna I didn't want anyone there. I sat in my apartment by myself, lights off, popcorn, just kind of watching. And then like uh, my buddy Eddie, who was a bartender at the improv still I was like, get up here. We're all watching you on The Tonight Show. I'm like, nope, not going to do it. And then like... Same thing with America's Got Talent. It's just like, it's just weird to watch yourself on TV.
1: It's hard. But like that first time though, that was great. It was so much fun. It was, it was it, fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was so fun. So a couple of things that I remember most about you, you and I drove four hours to Chicago. We auditioned for Star Search together. I remember this. We literally walked in. We each do like the 90 seconds that we each had.
0: In front of a camera. Was it in a room in front of a yeah, camera?
1: Yeah. But uh,
0: Yeah, I remember that.
1: Another hookup though, where we just literally, we got there. We walked in, we did it. And we're like, eh, let's go home. And we literally went home. Two it things. Funny. Two things I remember from that trip, though, that, that cracked me up. One is you trying to explain harmony to me, <laughs> <laughs> harmonizing, and two, to this day, I still think about. It. And this was like a decade or so. My lines of forever ago, right? It was your ability. As a road comic to get McDonald's chicken nuggets, leveraging the ashtray, the pull-out ashtray with the dippings <laughs> and, and the nuggets. Just how you could position everything in that car of your, so that you yeah. could eat and drive at the same time and not miss a beat. Like, <laughs> I don't yeah, know what you remember. No. You remember the, sorry, it's just so stupid, but it's just like, I totally remember it.
0: No, I mean, nugget memory is very important.
1: Once that goes, what else you got? Exactly. This has been fun. I appreciate you hanging out with me, dude. Thanks
0: for having me, man. Where can people keep up with you? Um, all social media. You can find me at the Chris Army, and my podcast is Heroin Has a Great Publicist," where it's usually me rambling, or I have guests.
1: Cool. All right, keep up with the the great Jay Chris Newberg. Can't thank you enough for hanging with me. Thanks, Jeff. Well, that was fun, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone, check out Jay Chris Newberg on the socials. Also, The Chase is now streaming on Hulu, so check that show out as well. And if J. Chris Newber comes to your town, check him out. As we near the end of the show, you know what that means, don't you? That's right. It's time for the Hashtag Roundup Trend of the Week, where we pick a trending hashtag from the family of Hashtag Roundup games. Follow Hashtag Roundup on Twitter at Hashtag Roundup. Also, download the Hashtag Roundup app at the Android or iTunes app store, totally free. Get a notification every time a game starts, play along, and one day one of your tweets may show up on an episode of Live from Detroit, The Jeff Duoskin Show. Fame and fortune await you. This week's hashtag is Pandemic Board Games. That's right, Pandemic Board Games. From Young at Heart Tags. A weekly game on hashtag Roundup. The ultimate Pandemic Board Game mashup hashtag. That's right. As always, everyone's tweets I read will be retweeted at Jeff DeWaskin Show on Twitter. They'll also be listed in the show notes. Check them out, retweet them, show these tweeters some love. And here we go. Hashtag Pandemic. Pandemic board games. Trivial Pursuit of Paper Towels and Toilet Tissue. Guess Who Didn't Wear a Mask? Sorry, I didn't wear a mask. I'm sensing a theme. Homeschooling? That's a new drinking game by Hasbro. Hungry Hippo? But it's just you getting up off the couch for more snacks. These are some great hashtag pandemic board games. House Trap? Shoots and Anti-Maskers? Rescheduled Operation? And to wrap it up, the final hashtag pandemic board board games. High risk, but no clue. Oh, all right. Those were some fun responses to hashtag board games. Play along on hashtag roundup. You know the drill. Well, thanks again, everyone, for coming back week after week. Can't thank you enough. Means the world to me. Can't believe we're at the end of episode 49. Thanks again to my guest, J. Chris Newberg. Looking forward to the milestone episode next week, number 50. Can you believe it? 50 episodes. And I'll see you then.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Jeff Dwaskin Show with your host, Jeff Dwaskin.
1: Now go repeat everything you've heard and sound like a genius. Catch us online at the thejeffdwoskinshow.com or follow us on Twitter at Jeff Dwoskin Show. And we'll see you next time.